it's a joy to be able to just get to share a little bit tonight. And so I, you know, I always kind of have to explain myself. I'm, especially these kinds of meetings, I'm fairly intense. So you just, you kind of got to live with that. I, I'm very much, I just say this to people, I'm very much a, an acquired taste. So some of you are already not liking me. That's okay. <laughs> get a number. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be all right. You're going to make it. Uh, I usually say some things that push stuff, and if I'm pushing you, just ignore it. Your pastor will, you know, heresy or whatever he'll say about me, uh, but I, I do tend to push things. And I'll probably push just for a few minutes. I'll probably just push a couple things tonight. I am aware I'm here tonight prophesying. It makes me emotional to think about this, but I'm also very aware that the very person that prophesies can also at the same time not even know the Lord. I'm just aware of that. But Lord, we prophesied in your name. And yet he said, depart from me. I never knew. I'm aware that I could get a word for you and myself not be in communion with the Lord. I'm aware tonight you could receive. If, if a prophet can be in that situation, it's possible you could receive a prophetic word and not be in communion with the Lord. That's a heady thing to me. Verse that moves me. It's moved me the last 10 years of my life, radically transformed our church and everything I do, is my sheep hear my voice. So I think, really, if I was going to have a, an ultimate desire reached in my life tonight, is that as we would prophesy, you would not be listening to words, you would not be listening to prophecy. But somehow in the mix of all this, you'd begin to hear, and I'd begin to even, for myself, hear the voice of God. I've just noticed this with people. Anyone who hears Jesus speaks, from that moment on, is radically changed. Can't claw their hands off of something that Jesus has wrapped their hands around. Can't get their feet off of a path that Jesus has set their feet upon. If Jesus hasn't set my feet upon a path, then I can be easily knocked off of it. If Jesus hasn't strengthened my hands to grab something that he wants me to grab, then I can easily have my hands taken off that. If Jesus has not given me vision for the very thing that he wants me to have a vision for, then I can easily lose vision for that. So I'm going to contrast two stories tonight just quickly. First story is a story of the rich young ruler comes, what must I do? Scary. He is moral. He keeps the law. He's the kind of guy we want to make anyone that comes to our church into somebody who obeys. You know, when Christianity in America was liberalizing a little bit, everybody was just so giddy that it isn't a sin to drink alcohol anymore. Hallelujah. And I'd always say to that, really? It's not sin to drink alcohol anymore. See, I told you I say edgy things. Somebody read and said, get this guy out of here. <laughs> My point is just, really? So you could say, ask another question. Maybe would the question go like this? Is it a sin not to not drink alcohol? See, the point is, we tend to want to keep all of these rules 
And neither is a sin, nor is neither not a sin. Here's the gear you got to shift into. Paul said it like this. He said, whatever is not a faith is sin. So both drinking and not drinking could both be a sin. I could drink and drink too much and that'd be a sin. I could not drink and be a little bit haughty about it. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And that'd be a sin. He's looking for people that are shifting into allegiance. Jesus, I have a relationship with you. And so that's gripping me. It's gripping how I drink or how I don't drink. And I'm not doing it for some spiritual aspiration or to be noticed or I'm going to be more godly if I do. Or This is not what it is. There is, there is something in me. And, and I tend to think that uh, the guy, I can't remember his name right now, that wrote um, Salvation by Allegiance Alone, where he kind of took the Greek word for faith, pistis, and he said, probably that word could be better translated allegiance. I tend to agree with him. And so there is something about us, there is something about us, because I I do think faith is a kingdom word, there's something about us, when we give our allegiance to the king, something happens. But the rich young ruler had given his allegiance to what? Keeping rules, keeping the law, even love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so Jesus says, okay, let's test your allegiance a little bit. Go sell everything you have and give to the poor. Let's test the real issue, not your moralism. Let's test out your allegiance. Now, I don't think I'm off topic tonight because I believe why we want to prophesy, why we want to not just listen to some words from God, but why we want to hear the word of the Lord is because we want to be helped in our allegiance. We want to be helped in our all-out, complete devotion to Christ. A great vision could still be a bad vision, if it's not being prompted by allegiance to Christ. So I'm aware of all this. Jesus goes on to say, when he says, sell all your stuff, it's really tough for a, it's tough for a wealthy guy to get in. That's a, that's just, that's really a tough thing. One of the disciples says, what? said, well, then who can be saved? I mean, if, if it's tough for a wealthy guy, I mean, if you've got to sell it all, who can be saved? And so we kind of, well, boy, Jesus doesn't answer that question very well, does he? Well, I think he does in a few verses down, and here's how he answers it. He entered Jericho and was passing through. I'd like to suggest to you tonight that there's one of two ways Jesus can come into a prophetic assembly. He can be passing through or he can be doing something else. And behold, there was a man there named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus means, uh, it's kind of a weird way to say it's kind of my, my, my name is, my name Zacchaeus. It's my, maybe that'd be kind of the closest way to say that. It, it's kind of like saying, my name was Zachariah, but I kind of changed it to a kind of a, a Roman name, a Greek name, because even the Jews weren't digging what I was doing. Because we're going to find out here next, he was chief tax collector and was rich. Tax collector was not like an IRS agent more like an extortionist, more like a mobster, more like a wise guy, more like a shake. Rome was, what were they trying to do to Israel? They were trying to take all the excess wealth and haul it back to Rome, and he was helping them do it. He was not a good guy, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. The guy that was keeping all the rules, he was great in stature. Zacchaeus seems to be Small in stature. Somebody taps me on the shoulder. The rose parade. Says, would you mind if 
my 4'11 daughter and three-foot son could stand in front of you so they could see the parade. I said, come on in here. And how tall are you? 5'8". Come on in here. You'll be right here. And I can be really magnanimous and I can, I can see the parade and they can see it. Zacchaeus, making the point, was a short guy. But nobody was going to let him stand in front of them because he was absolutely and completely rejected by that culture. And may I say, he was rejected by them. Why? Because he was not a moral lawkeeper. These two stories make me tremble. So he ran on ahead, climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. There's something about trees that help us see Jesus. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him the most precious words you could hear. Now remember, he said to the other guy, go sell. He goes away sad. He tells Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, hurry, come down, for I must stay at your house today. He was just going to pass through the city, but something captured him in Zacchaeus, a longing. Something was in him that stopped him and captured him. He says, I, I want to come and I want to stay at your house today. So he hurried, he came down, he received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they grumbled. Why? Because Jesus was liking the bad people more than the good people. It's kind of the way he is. He has gone into the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to your house. I just find that strange. Jesus, you got the stories mixed up. You got a moral guy, a giving guy. He's already a tithing guy. He's the guy that we would all want in our church. There was no salvation is coming to your house today. Then you got a rat, a brat, a crumb, and, and, and he has just been up to no good his whole life, and in a moment he climbs up in a tree, looks at Jesus, and grabs the mercy of Jesus and says, to the point where Jesus says, today salvation has come to your house. And even beyond that, even, even before Zacchaeus has done anything, Jesus looks up in the tree and he sees something in Zacchaeus and he says, come on down, I'm staying. And I'm just, here's what I'm suggesting. I've watched lots of prophetic assemblies and stuff. And I, I always think there's a promise when we come to these moments of, 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 of prophecy and gathering together to hear from God. There's always this moment where Jesus can just pass through and we can have some good time meetings together and enjoy the time together. Or, and this is what I'm suggesting, Jesus, look up at you and say, I'm going to come to your house and stay. And I'm suggesting to you that there, I, I'm not saying that God is not staying here. I think he is. But I'm saying I think that God during this week wants to take you and himself with you to another level of staying. Now, what happened to Zacchaeus? Just a couple minutes. We have to see this at the end. What happened to Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus says, something has so moved me about you. Now, here's what I usually say when I preach this little passage here, but let me, because i got to do this in just a few minutes, but let me slide in the real issue here. I say, something has so deeply happened to me that has changed my relationship with my money, but that's not what's going on. We say that when we're taking offerings, and it's a good application, but it's not really what's going on. Should a relationship with Jesus change 
your relationship with your money. It should. The problem with the rich young ruler, he was moral. He knew the word of God. He could, he, he could listen to the words of God, but it wasn't changing his relationship with his money. Zacchaeus goes from forget, forget 10%, I'm going 50%. Forgive, what was it? I think you're supposed to, 20% was supposed to restore when you stole in the Old Testament. He said, forget all that, I'll go 400% return. Seeing you has changed my relationship with my money. But that's not the real issue. Because what does money represent? All, and hear this, because I think this is what God wants to do. All that my money represents is what it can buy me in relationship to my own security. My money buys my insecurity, my, my security. My money can buy a certain car to drive that can get you to think a certain thing about me. My money can get me certain clothes to wear that can get you thinking certain things about how you think about how I'm dressed. Get the certain house, have the certain job, make the certain connections, network with the right people. Have You know what I've discussed, uh, discovered about money? I pray, a lot, like we're in giving time right now, I'm praying about what my wife and I, and she's praying about what we should give to the church right now. We're praying about it. Seriously. If a new Logos product comes out and it's costing me twelve to $1,500 to purchase, guess what I'm not doing? I'm not even thinking of that as a, that would be Bible software. I'm not even thinking about that as a sacrifice. Why? Because a lot of my security and a lot of my identity is made up in doing what I'm doing right now. Having something to say from the Word of God. I'm just suggesting this. That when we come to know Jesus, really know him, hear his voice, it changes our relationship with our insecurity or with our security, however you want to look at it. It changes our relationship with that. All of a sudden, when you shift into knowing Jesus, all of a sudden, knowing him and what he is about begins to take a different priority of your life. So here comes the boom right here. The boom comes right here, simply this. That when Jesus begins to talk to you, and I, I, think, I, like, I think this is the foundational issue to life, and I'm suggesting it is a foundational issue to you and to prophecy tonight, that when God is talking to you, he wants to change your identity. He wants you to know something, that you're not as bad as you think, you're not as good as you think, you are more positional than you know. You have already died in Christ. You've been risen with Christ. You have new life in Christ. And that isn't based on how well you've done morally or how not so well you've done morally. It's based on this. Jesus, I am here giving you everything in me. I want to hear your voice. And I want to hear you talk to me. And i just like to suggest this to you. that in, and, and I know this is quick, but hoping it's landing right now. Jesus wants to speak so deeply to you during this week and on and on in life that you hear him say, you're mine. You're my son. You're my daughter. Now, this could land nowhere, but I believe this with all my heart. Something happened in me, and it changes my relationship with the world, with everything. It changes my need for recognition. It just changes everything. All of a sudden, I begin to understand more and more that exactly the way, Jesus, the way the Father looks at and receives and loves Jesus is literally and exactly the same way 
he receives and loves me. And I'm just suggesting tonight that if we just begin, I'm going to pray for you right now. If we just begin like this, Jesus, I give you my heart. And let the words that are about to be spoken, let them change my relationship with my own security. Because let me tell you, not so much me. I know who I am. Here's what you're going to get. You're going to get closed eyes. I'm going to get a word from the Lord, and I'm going to prophesy over you, and it's, it's going to be what it's going to be. But the two guys with me, I want to tell you something. They're going to stretch you in all directions if you will let them. And here's what could happen. Here's what could happen. If your identity is just who you are, it could just be so that you won't get you won't get the full thing that the Lord is wanting to say. But if right now you could just in faith just say, hold it. The Father loves me as much as he loves Jesus. Thus, the grand things that Jesus is saying of me and speaking into me are more likely true than not because he loves me that much. So what happens is it begins to take the limitations off of our personal heart and expand them out. And you could maybe hear some prophecies tonight at a whole different level than you've ever heard them before. I would suggest you do that. And then lastly, this church, God, wants to breathe on and expand and do something, and you hear this from prophets all the time, beyond your imagination, I am suggesting that you kind of get an attitude in you, whether you've been a good law keeper or not so good like Zacchaeus, that you grab it onto Jesus, and tonight you say, God, I'm giving you my heart revolution. Change my relationship with my security, I pray. In Jesus' name. Would you just take your hand, put it on your heart. Thank you for letting me share tonight. Appreciate it. Jesus, I think something dynamic is getting ready to happen in here tonight. I believe that tonight you are not just passing through. Tonight there, there is something happening in the hearts of those here that they're crying out and saying, stay, remain, be right here. Lord Jesus, I am asking that you would you would change our relationship, yeah, with money and everything, but mostly you would change our relationship with our very own security tonight, and we would find it in you. Jesus, with hands over our hearts, we are declaring to you, we give you our full allegiance. We are climbing the tree of Calvary. We are denying ourselves, and we're saying, let us hear, not, not just listen to things being spoken prophetically, let us hear your voice, and let it transform us in Jesus' name. Amen.